Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sabah al-khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed al-Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English-language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser. Morning, Yusuf. How are you doing? Before uh, we start with our uh, edition uh, this week, I want to remind our listeners to go to our website, apan.org.au, to see our um, important events coming up this month. For Palvember. And um, what do we have uh, this episode, Nasser? Well, we'll be speaking to Arij Masood from uh, Bethlehem, and uh, who's been brought here by visiting Penn. us. Yes, He's visiting us. We'll be talking about uh, Palestinian women and breast screening challenges they're facing in Lebanon, and also, very importantly, the normalisation of Arab states with the State of Israel. Nasser, uh, tell us about uh, Arij. Arij Masood is a Palestinian Christian from Bethlehem, who currently works at the Development and Communications Department coordinator at Bethlehem Bible College. She's here to talk about all things Palestine. This is Robert's interview with Arish. Hello, this is Robert Martin, and I'm with a magnificent Palestinian from Bethlehem, Arish. Welcome, and thank you for joining us at 3CR. Now, one of the biggest things we hear on the media is that Palestine is about religion, and it's about Islam. Now, I know what... What is it like for life as a Palestinian Christian? Uh, you're raising a very good point because uh, the occupation has been trying to make it a religious problem when it's not. It's not religious. It's, it's not a problem between. These kids are fantastic. Yeah. Now we'll keep talking. Kids are having fun. Keep talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not about um, Christians cannot live with Muslims or Muslims cannot live with Jews or um, vice versa. We are able to live with each other just fine. And we proved that through the history, but not when the occupation started, when uh, it started using religions as part of um, spreading a stereotype of how we can't live with each other. Um, so as a Palestinian Christian, even though we are a minority in the land, and the reason we are a minority, not because uh, we left the country because we can't live with the Muslims, but because of the occupation, because of the injustices that are there. We are dehumanized, we do not get our rights, lots of businesses have been locked up. The occupation has had an effect on us uh, economically, uh, physically, psychologically. Um, It's it's just day-to-day life, it has affected us. So we've left the country. We used to be more than 30%, now we're less than 0.9% Christians. That's for Christians? That's for Christians in Palestine. Because I hear a lot of things, which is obviously fabricated, that the Christians are leaving because... 
of the Palestinian Arabs. Now, I've heard this said a lot, number of times. Mm. So it's because of the occupation, it's because Israel's making life too difficult. Yes, exactly. And um, Palestinian Christians are Arabs as well. You know? So it's, it's, we, we've in, we are integrated in the culture. We are raised in the same culture, raised up in the same culture. We have the same um, um, ideas. We have the same beliefs. We, um, Kind of, <laughs> not religious, no, no, but uh, uh, traditional beliefs, you know. And um, it's like growing up in a culture where we daily have an interfaith dialogue, <laughs> not on purpose, but it happens. Uh, yeah. What, what's your first memory of living under occupation? So obviously you're born in Bethlehem, is that right? Yes. What's, was, what's your first memories? So I was born in Bethlehem, but then when I was a few months old, my parents moved out and lived in Qatar, mm-hmm. and then went back to Palestine when I was seven years old. And even though they were first years of my childhood, but yet I was able very easily to notice the difference. I, would, I wasn't able to relate it to occupation and say that's because of the occupation, but I would always wonder why am I having those, such limitations over my life when I didn't used to have them when we were living in a different place. Um, we were able to reach every day. I know it's there. I've seen it from the plane. I know it's very close by. How far is it? It's like an hour away driving. And you can't go. No. Yeah, yeah. I can't go. Or um, we, we can't have parks and um, sceneries and green. And I'm, I'm a nature person. I love that to see that. But we're not able to have that. We don't have enough water. We only get 20% of the water. That means you, you have to choose whether to drink water or like to plant a tree. Um, so for me, even growing up uh, in Palestine, I had a mountain full of trees as my view. And for me, I was so tied to that. Uh, view and I thought like one day I'll go hike there when I'm grown up enough you know the fantasy mm. of a child but little did I know that was area C and I'm not allowed to go there anyways even though it is in Palestinian land so just for our listeners that don't know area C is so area C is uh, Palestinian land but when uh, Israel has divided the West Bank into three areas area A area B area C area A is under the Palestinian Authority area B is um, uh, under the, is, is, like it's a mix, but it's under the Israeli authority. But Area C is under Israeli control only. We have no control over it. Can you go there? No. You can't even go there. No. Okay. Some places, but it's it could be a risk. Like you could be interrogated by a soldier. They can. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I would go hike there, but then, you know, you never know how safe it mm. is. Um, it's not structured for people to go there, and so many Area Cs uh, has been turned into settlements. And so I, it's impossible for me to get there, to go there. It's not even a choice. And the same case happened with that mountain. Like, the trees were cut off. And a building after building started being constructed. And I was so upset. Like, why did they take that mountain away from me? And that was the, the first signs I started to realize that this is an occupation. And I was able to put a name to it. It is occupation. Wow. Uh, my, dream is, my dreams are being taken away from me. Uh, and till today, even that ha- when that happened, it was um, like in 2003. But still, like till today, it it it, it hurts me to remember that. Um, because so these Israelis control every facet of your life, basically. Yes. And I know that you say that area A and B are uh, controlled by Israel or the PA. Mm-hmm. Is in fact the reality that if Israel want to come through, the PA have to move away. Yeah. So everything is completely under Israeli control. Yeah. I would say um, that the Palestinian Authority are just um, be doing um, administrative work for Israel. 
we don't have our own uh, authority over our own land, our own people, our own decisions, there's always an effect or the last word would go to Israel. They would decide what's going to happen. Mm. As, as you mentioned, like they can come in even into area A, like Palestinian Authority land, and no one can talk to them. No one can tell them what, why or where are you going, what's happening, what's the reason. It's like they're doing what they, have to, they need to do or they mm. want to. Because I, I did some olive picking around Bethlehem and mm. I saw the soldiers everywhere. And I saw, I also went to Ada Refugee Camp, which I'm sure you've been to. Yes. And they do the raids. Mm. Have you do these raids? Have you been intimidated by the soldiers? Have they dehumanised you on a, on a reasonably regular basis because you're Palestinian? Um, well, to connect that question with the questions of how we live with each other, Christians and Muslims, they use techniques to separate between us as Christians and Muslims in a dehumanizing way. Especially for me as a Christian when, for example, I would go to uh, cross the checkpoint, which is a humiliating uh, thing to do because I would need to get a permit, and a permit I need to go to an Israeli military base to request an entrance to my own land. Um, and that's got to be completely dehumanizing. Yes. Yeah, uh, when, when one of, uh, one of the pe- people who were uh, waiting in line trying to get the... Uh, permit to pass. Permit is not like a visa that has certain criteria, very clear criteria, why you get it, why you don't. Um, he, when he received his permit, he looked at it and he read it to me. I said, could that be true? My permit starts in 2070. Year 2070. Not 17. 17. So a new permit, and it says you can go there in 2070. Exactly. And that's so, not like, stuck either. They're doing no, 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 on purpose. And we weren't sure. It was, was, was that funny, or is that like what? Should, what? Do you, how do you react to this? Maybe it's funny to them, but it was very insulting. But that's an official document as well. Yes. So they've said that in 2070, maybe you'll go over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I've never heard of this. I mean, yeah, it's just yeah, another yeah. way or, to say we control it. And you. another one got it in, in 2020. So that's like a couple of years ago. So that's like, and it's it's, it's disgraceful. It, exactly. Um, so you, you usually don't get the permit, but let's say us Christians would get more possibility in getting a permit than our Muslims' neighbors. Okay, our, so you're, the, you're a little bit higher on the picking order of Palestinians. Exactly. But, but I mean, we're privileged. So people oh, no. are like, yeah, so they treat you Christians better than Muslims? Like, no. Mm. We're still under occupation, and we can't say that until occupation ends. We don't get uh, uh, many of our rights as, as everyone else, as all Muslims do. It's not because they treat us better that means we're privileged, uh, but it it actually discriminates between us. Is that a way also to get you guys fighting against yes. each other? So it, it is, is a part a, of dividing. Yeah, and I, I can I can tell you a few stories how you can feel that yeah. that it's already having an inf- effect. That um, so I would get more permits than my Muslim friend would, and she's always lucky you, lucky you. I was like, I'm not lucky. We should be able to go, you should, and her, in her atha, when it's Muslim celebration day, she couldn't go and pray in, 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 in the mosque in Jerusalem. But I would be able to get the permit uh, to, for, during Easter, but then I would reach Jerusalem, I won't be able to get into uh, the Holy Sepulcher. So they'll stop you from going in that yes. point anyway. So there's soldiers stopping people from going in, but it's easier for foreigners to go into that church than me. I've never celebrated Easter in Jerusalem my whole life. Um, so and it's only a thirty-minute drive. Exactly. I mean, it's pretty close. It's less. Drive. It's yeah. less. It's about fifteen. Yeah. So, um, so it, it, it just. It's, I, I always tell her no. That doesn't mean I'm lucky. You see it that way, but I'm not privileged. Or um, we'd go to the checkpoint, and then 
uh, I'm passing and they can control how many times the metal detector is beeping and who can mm-hmm. they let pass faster or, or like give them hard time and they would still go beep under the metal detector. I, I would, they would see me as a Christian. They can tell I'm not wearing a hijab. I, I dress um, differently. They would, um, I would pass once and beep and then the second time I would pass not change anything and then suddenly I'm not beeping anymore. They can stop it. Wow, but then, so it would, like there must be a button there or something. Yeah, exactly, there is. And then uh, a Muslim uh, girl wearing a hijab, she's uh, beeping, but then she keeps, they keep asking her to go back again and again and again. Uh, to the point, like, she's taking her bobby pins off. Like, there's nothing left, you know, on, on her hijab. It's like, there's nothing left. And they asked her to take her hijab off. I, I felt insulted. Like, no, you can't do that. I looked at her and I, I, I told her, she's with me. And they're like, okay, if she's with you, she can pass. So that makes a difference. So they are seriously trying to divide you guys as well. I mean, yeah, exactly. So she passes, but then, okay, I might have helped her through, but then how would that make this look like? Like I have a say and she doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. or like I'm respected. Uh, and that's on a... On a um, and, uh, I'm not, uh, it, it's not that I always have a special treatment. It's not the case. But it's, the, it's when it can cause an effect of separation, it is. Or when I'm, I used to work in Jerusalem uh, for three months, um, would be st- standing in line, waiting the rush hour, and there's a lot of people, um, hundreds of people, uh, trying to cross. When soldiers decide to take their break and rush hours, for like no needs, but they, they decide to do that. And then a soldier would come and he would start searching for Christians who, and said, like, you and you and you, you can pass. It's a complete power trip for these soldiers yeah. to dehumanize the Palestinians. Exactly. I, I, I refused to do that so many times. I was like, no. I either stay in line, but then I feel like if I stay in line and I'm gonna reach, it's going to reach my point, they're going to give me a really hard time because of my decision not to obey. Or uh, So I left. I would leave. And for so many, like during my three months of work, I missed work two, over two weeks. So out of three months, you were forced to miss two weeks of yes. work? Yes, yes. Because that wouldn't allow you in? It's a, a couple of times they've asked me to come forward and to pass and leave the rest of the people waiting, and I refuse to look privileged when I'm not. Mm. So I would go back and leave home, leave leave uh, the checkpoint and go back home. Other times it's because of the lines. It's crazy lines, and them taking uh, uh, their breaks when there's so many uh, uh, checkpoints that they can open to make it easier. Yet they decide to go slower, take their breaks, not open all uh, stands to make people go to their jobs mm. faster. Can you see the look on their faces when they're doing it? Like, it's I'm now going to close it off now. You just have to deal with this. We're in charge. You're mm. not. It's very difficult. There's no interaction. So the checkpoint is not like uh, going through a security like airports where you can see the soldiers or see the security guards. They're mostly behind glass and, and tainted glass. Um, mm. It's easier for them to see us, which barely. They look at us, but then it's harder for us to see them. Um, at some point, you do see them a bit, and they, they don't care. They don't care. You said they don't care, or they actually care to make things really bad. So it's, it's more of a it's nonchalant, but we want to make your life difficult. Mm. Do you think that's what it is? It's hard to say that every Israeli soldier does think that way. Of course. You know, some have been uh, tried to help, but... Um, some would have, would have done, made, made hard, uh, life harder. Mm. Um, like one time my friend and I were crossing the checkpoint and the soldier, she was 
uh, it's like we're showing her the permit and she's like, I want your magnet card. Magnet cards are biometric cards where they have their our fingerprints, eye, um, eye prints, and our pictures and information. So it's everything about you on this one card. Yes. Yeah. And um, so for certain years, they started asking, like, everyone who wants a permit have to have that card. So you have to pay for it. And it's very insulting, like paying uh, for your own, you know, every two years you have to pay to get that permit, mm-hmm. to get that magnet card so they can have your information. It's like you don't want them to have your information, yet you need an access to your own land. You, you need your, There's no freedom of movement. You get suffocated. We live in an open-air prison. So um, my friend and I do have those magnet cards. But for our experience passing through the checkpoint, they don't ask, ask to, uh, to see it because it appears on their system. They just need to see the uh, permits. Yeah. So when we were crossing, it's like, I need to see your magnet card. I'm like... We don't have it. Like, I had it. My friend didn't. It's like, both of you would not pass if you don't have it. So you really stick card. together. Yeah. Fantastic. That's beautiful. And um, uh, we, we, we convinced her, like, we always pass. It's fine. So she's upset and starts screaming. And it's like, uh, no, you're not going to pass without your magnet card. Like, I can't accept that. Uh, another soldier comes in with his gun. And he's, what's happening? She's screaming and letting him, what's happening? And we're trying to convince him to pass. And then he starts screaming. And everyone's upset. Until at some point... Um, I wanted to scream as well. I, I was, I yeah. But at some point, I decided to to love my enemy in this situation. How can I love my enemy in this? Uh, what's happening now? And it's mostly difficult. So only when I took a breath, and um, I was able to notice that the the soldier had a tattoo on his arm, a tattoo that says. Love humanity, respect. Those oh, stop of- it. Stop it. This is an <laughs> occupation so- soldier saying love humanity. Exactly. Wow. And I couldn't just... I, You've I, got to mention that one. <laughs> I looked at him with a smile and I told him, you have a nice tattoo. And he stopped screaming. And he goes, okay, only today you can pass. Just like that. So, because there, there's no reason not to let us pass. But even if it's a small thing that happened, but it is a big deal because Israeli soldiers do not change their minds. They can never show certain. If, even if they're mistaken, no is a no and a yes is a yes. Wow. So they just have to have that. Yeah. They can't change their mind. Exactly. So for him to change his mind, I know it's a big deal. And that's how I put love my enemy into action in a way like how can I tackle the humanity in my enemy because he's still human? To challenge him and let him know that what you're doing is wrong. As, because the occupation dehumanizes people and would not let you see them as people. So look, I'll let you go because I know you've had a mad trip, a mad trip. And can we talk about the who's brought you over, which um, is the numerical? I can never get this word right because I know that they've driven you really hard. Yeah. People should look at what their work they've done mm-hmm. because I know they do fantastic work. They're well. they're doing great job. It's uh, PN Palestine Israel Medical Network. There you go. So it just rolls off your tongue beautifully. Yeah. It's my first language. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, um, so they were able to, they were looking for a Palestinian voice to actually speak up on, on behalf of my people. And they found me, um, uh, and that's how I'm here, because of, of their support. And, and so people should look them up as well and get involved. Yes, well. definitely, oh. definitely. You'll find they have good resources also of uh, so many that do. See you again, and we will see you hopefully in this country, or I'll see you in Bethlehem at some stage. Yeah, see you. <laughs> Bye. Look forward. Looking forward. You're listening to Palestine Remembered on 855 AM and that was Robert Martin speaking with our guest 
Arij Masoud. That was a good interview, uh, Nasser. It was a great interview and a great resource, a real credit to uh, to Palestinian women. She did a fabulous job. Um, Nasser, uh, speaking of Palestinian women, um, the uh, ministry, the Ministry of Health in Lebanon, launched a campaign after receiving a donation from the European Union. Uh, to encourage uh, women in Lebanon to do early screening, early breast screening, that's breast right. screening for uh, breast cancer, and uh, as you would expect, uh, Palestinian women uh, who heard that uh, campaign advertisements on television and radio went to the hospitals and uh, they got declined because they were told that uh, this is for Lebanese only. Yeah. Even though that the Palestinian women in, uh, in, in Lebanon have... Uh, this, we're talking about second and third generation uh, mothers. Well, they've been there for 71 years, Yusuf, as we know. All of them, I would say all of them, I mean, or more than 90% of them were born there, mm-hmm. uh, unlike, you know, unless they are more than 70 years old. Um, so um, l- uh, luckily, and to the credit of the... Uh, great civil society in Lebanon, uh, some Lebanese uh, activists uh, did not accept this injustice. They took to social media, and I'm talking, I want to mention some names, uh, Badia Hani Fahs, uh, who is the daughter of the great thinker Hani Fahs, um, and also uh, Nawal Mdallali, a uh, famous uh, activist in Lebanon, um, went to social media and said, we are not going to accept that. And they started a campaign where they rece- started receiving phone calls and emails and messages from uh, nurses and doctors opening their clinics for Palestinian women. Mm-hmm. So while we do see and hear bad things coming out from the official institution in Lebanon when it comes to the treatment of Palestinians, the uh, civil society is still alive and sound. And a campaign uh, started uh, yesterday on the 2nd of uh, November uh, to allow Palestinian women a parallel campaign to the government campaign. And what's interesting is that the money received from the European Union was enough to include all women in Lebanon. Wow. But nevertheless, uh, again, the Palestinian women were, accept- uh, were, were accepted. Fantastic. All we need them to do now is run a campaign to allow for equal op- job opportunities for Palestinians and not for... Maybe one day we'll see that. Uh, I'm not very optimistic, but uh, definitely let's hope... Well, we should remind our listeners just how many occupations that Palestinians aren't allowed to apply for. So Palestinian refugees... More than 70 jobs. Yeah, more than 70. Can't be doctors. They can't be members of the police force. Teachers, engineers. Yeah. They can only work within the territories of So many Palestinian doctors in Lebanon work as nurses mm. because they can't practice And recently, doctors. not anymore, even nurses became part of the list. Oh, wow. So we'll revisit this important uh, topic uh, later. But uh, maybe if time allows, also I want to talk about the treatment of uh, refugees who ended up in uh, Thailand. But we do have an important, a very bad uh, news uh, coming out from the eastern part of the Arab world, Nasser. Well, we, it's a very, very important part. And it's, it's look, it's so important to talk about because it's uh, the, the ultimate betrayal of one brother to another brother. It's allowing into your home uh, someone who has stolen from, from your family. And we've always talked about the the, the Arab, Arab Brotherhood and the Arab Street and the the concept of a shared um, destiny and a shared struggle in the liberation Which is of very all strong Palestinians among popular uh, levels. Well, Yusuf, you know what? 
I, I, I'm, I'm almost 50 years of age, and I remember all my life hearing about the Arab street. Mm. You know, one of the, one of the greatest um, victories that colonialism and uh, uh, the, the, what, by installing the, you know, the, the kingdoms in the breakup of what was Arabia into all the statelets post-World War I and, you know, solidified into World War II, was to create such a ruling class as to oppress you know the, the the street, and we had great hopes. You know when when uh, the Arab Spring the Arab Spring broke out, but in this past week we saw um, Benjamin Netanyahu visit Oman, Oman, mm. and and I mean this is you know really without any introduction. We all of a sudden we just saw pictures suddenly, and 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 just to mention that the Sultan of Oman didn't make public appearance for more than. Um, I would say for years I haven't seen him, and he didn't participate in the GCC summits uh, for yeah. more than uh, 12 years. He's a very old guy. He did not participate in the Arab summits for more than 15 years, and now he is welcoming uh, Netanyahu as a guest of honor in Muscat. Yeah. So Sultan Qaboos, he met with uh, with um, Netanyahu, the you know blood still dripping from his hands, killed another half a dozen kids on the Friday in uh, in the, in the return march, and and here he is, you know, being welcomed into an Arab capital, you know, like like a visiting dignitary. And in parallel with that, in we've parallel, seen, uh, the um, Israeli Minister for Culture, uh, Miri Regev, Regev, that's right, uh, yeah. joining the judo uh, sport team to one of the international events and uh, celebrating uh, the victory. Well, she was in the Emirates, yeah. And she was there for a, for a judo competition. The Israelis won two gold medals, so they had their uh, national anthem played twice, and their flag raised twice. She entered a um, uh, she entered the the great mosque there, and Sheikh Zayed Mosque. Yeah, and she was very very proud in saying that she uh, uh, wrote it, wrote in Hebrew in the um, visitors book to really you know remind us that uh, that she was there, um, and and look. This is the same woman who, um, remember, it must be just over two years ago, Yusuf, when there was a call to ban the Adan in, the Adan um, in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. Um, she called it the call to prayer. She called that the crying dogs of Muhammad, mm-hmm. you know, of, of the prophet. Blatant, blatant racism and blatant intolerance. A couple of years ago, she was at, at the footy. She was surrounded at the footy, at the soccer uh, um, and she was surrounded by uh, Israeli flans, and, and this football club Betar is notoriously, notoriously it's known for racist. its really Re- racist chantings. She was surrounded by them, and she—I mean, she's well aware of the history of this uh, football club, Betar Jerusalem. And she was there, and they were um, the camera panned to her, and she was smiling because that team had won, and the guys were jumping up and down around her, and they were they were shouting out, you know, genocidal. To the Arabs and, and, to and the Palestinians. May your village be burned. And, you know, this is, you know, she's called the African uh, uh, refugees that are in Israel. She's called them a cancer. And then she later, she said, she apologized to cancer victims oh for God. comparing them to Africans. Mm. And, and she did not make an apology. She didn't say sorry to, to the, the Africans for calling them yeah. cancer. She apologized to cancer victims for equating them to blacks, to black people. I mean, so the same woman is welcomed uh, like a guest of honor yeah. in Abu Dhabi, and while she was uh, shedding the tears of joy, listening to her national anthem being played, Palestinian mothers were shedding the tears of sadness for having their 
children killed. Uh, it, it was on the same day, يعني, in an ironic moment, that, yeah. uh, that we will remind ourselves and our Arab brothers uh, forever. And in parallel with that, Qatar received uh, another uh, uh, Israeli sport uh, team, I think it's in the g- gymnasium, on the same day and participated with their flag. Some of the players were ex- uh, uh, or maybe current uh, IDF, IDF uh, soldiers. soldiers yeah. And... Um, receiving uh, open uh, gate treatment and just like any other uh, uh, team from uh, any other country any other continent here's the quote from uh, Miri Regev when she was at the at the grand mosque and and listen to what she wrote she said whilst dressed in islamic clothing she was wearing you know she was uh, dressed modestly i am glad that i have had the privilege to be the first senior israeli figure to sign the guest book at the mosque I chose to do so in Hebrew to send a message of brotherhood. I mean, this is this is a, a pin in somebody's eye. There's no message of brotherhood while mm. you're slaughtering and oppressing mm. our brothers. Writing in Hebrew, in, we'd love for you to come as a Jew who um, worships a, a God that we share and a book that we, we honor and respect. As a Jew, you're absolutely welcome. But as a racist Israeli that is oppressing and killing Uh, indigenous peoples, we do not welcome you. And also, not just as an Israeli, as one of the cabinets. Yeah, yeah. One of the worst cabinets that Israel has seen since its inceptions. Yeah. I mean, do, do, have we ever had a worse cabinet, a more right-wing cabinet than we do have now? I don't think so. Never before. Never before. So Never. This, is, this is, you know, as, is, as right-wing as... I mean, look, the reality and, you know, history will be able to determine just how influential um, the likes of Haim Saban... Benjamin Netanyahu and uh, the other Christian Zionists, as well as Zionists, the sort of uh, power they had and the influence they had in getting Donald Trump elected, mm. but also the 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 dog whistle um, politics, that xenophobia that's really sweeping the world now. And you have mm. a look at you know the elections just recently in Brazil, in Italy. Another. Um, I mean, you know, the the in in um, Hungary, we're really moving towards. F- Fascism. fascism fascist right-wing governments you mm. know around the world we will definitely come back to this important uh, topic of normalization with more discussion and more uh, analysis in future episodes but i think time does not allow and we we promise to uh, fully cover uh, the plight of Palestinians in Thailand also next week. Uh, this, this is what we have time for uh, for this episode. Thank you for uh, being with us. And thank you, Nasser. Thanks, Yusuf. And until we meet the next week, this is Robert Nasser and Yusuf wishing you the best of time and salam.